Hello and welcome to this very special World Book Day podcast. I'm here with an esteemed uh, author of poetry for children uh, ages 8 to 13, mostly. Um, and that author would be Miss Lindsay McRae. Or Mrs. Lindsay McRae, sorry. <laughs> Say hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, it's very, very lovely to meet you. I, I've, I've had lunch with Lindsay and we had a good conversation about poetry and books and all sorts. Uh, so to start, what got you into literature? I always wrote poems when mm-hmm. I was little and my mum used to type them up and was very uh, <laughs> proud of me. I've got, there's a long tradition, I'm from a Scottish family of poetry in my family and mm-hmm. I have to say my great aunts were very famous in the Outer Hebrides, mm-hmm. which is like as far as you can get from the Scottish mainland. Um, and they were famous bards, so they would collect songs and they would um, pass them down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. So I was always aware there was a kind of, had these very famous, in, for Scotland anyway, relatives, and that's, and I was aware of that. And my mum encouraged me to write, really, that's and I really always, cool. and typed them out, and I still yeah. have copies of poems I wrote when I was seven <laughs> years old. <laughs> that's brilliant. No. Um, so, what was it that got you into particularly children's poetry, and, you know, poetry itself rather than books? Um, I didn't, I think I always wrote, um, kept journals and I always wrote poetry when I was a teenager and then wrote it, you know, my early twenties and when I was at at uni, I always used to write for adults. In fact, I started off writing for adults, Mm. but I did a lot of performance poetry in clubs with comedians and musicians (laughs) and people like that. And then somebody said to me, why don't you write for children? Because you're quite direct and some of the stuff I did was quite funny I suppose and they thought it would translate well to writing for children and I hadn't thought about writing for children but actually it's it was quite liberating but you can't get away with as much writing for children as you can with writing for adults because if they don't like something they tell you yeah children I think are some of the worst critics of pieces definitely they are not afraid to say what they think definitely not but um two of your most recent you know collections of poetry uh, I have here are how to make a snail fall in love with you and um, how to avoid kissing your parents in public. From those two collections, what you know, what gave them the names, and what like poems from there are like most memorable for you that you've written? I think they just had quite a memorable titles. Mm. And somebody told me if you put "how to" on a book, it will sell more copies. I'm not I sure. Love that. I'm not sure if that's true, but that's There's what got the to pub- be some statistical proof somewhere. Exactly. Well, that's what the publisher went for. Um, I would say that. I think uh, my favourite collection is probably how to how to avoid kissing your parents in public. That's quite brilliant. <laughs> I would say how to make a snail fall in love with you is is a is a darker book. There's a lot more serious poems in mm. there. I like to mix serious poems with funny poems, with short poems, with yeah. with, with longer poems. Um, because I think you know you don't like every. I when I read a poetry anthology, I don't like every poem in the no, book. I yeah. I like ones and I don't like others. It's like a recipe book. You like you oh, cook yeah. some recipes, but you won't cook the others. Yeah. Some work for you. And others don't and I think that's what's quite good about collections of poetry is you mm. don't need to like everything and you don't even need to finish the book you can dip in and yeah. out of it so, <laughs> so it's good when you've yeah. got five minutes you yeah. haven't got time to actually read something but um the, you were shortlisted for the CLPE award yeah um do you know anyone who you were up against sort of other authors and things like that I suspect I may have been up against probably Michael Rosen or Caroline yes. Duffy, who I dare say <laughs> won the awards, but that's yeah. fine by me. It's just quite nice to be on a shortlist. No, that's that's such an achievement just to even be like in there with, you know, like for an award. <laughs> I can't imagine ever being in the, for an award or something. That's such a cool achievement. But um, 
when I was talking to you earlier, you were talking about um, university and the things you did there that helped get you into writing. Like you, you said you, one of your biggest inspirations was Michael Smith. Yeah, he's a Jamaican poet called Michael Smith, who sadly was was killed. He was stoned to death, which is a horrible, horrible way to die. But because of his, he was a very political poet yeah. and was very critical of the government in Jamaica at the time. And he came to my university and he did a performance. Mm. And I was blown away by the thought of this man just performing. And he was just the most amazing performer. And that's when I first realised you could be a poet and you could perform your work. And it really kind of made poetry a lot more interesting to me. It wasn't just something you put on a page. Yeah. And it wasn't an academic thing that it was that anybody could do it. And that yeah. really kind of opened my eyes to a different culture and the fact that you could make writing accessible to a lot of people. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, you've, you've always got to have some sort of inspiration. And also the inspirations for your writing, you're saying people like um, Michael Finnegan and uh, A.M. Um, um, Milne. Yeah, A.A. Milne. I think when writing for children, I always had the kind of rhythms of A.A. Milne yeah. or kind of Hilaire Belloc, who wrote a famous poem called <laughs> Matilda Told Such Dreadful Lies. It made one, you know. um, and uh, I, I always had those kind of rhythms in my head when writing, and I look at my poems and I think, oh, kind of slightly ripped off their, their rhymes and rhythms a bit but I think you know I think rhythms do go around your head as a poet and I think yeah. when poem, poets are thinking about poems they will often walk around and it's got they've got a poem fermenting yeah, yeah and the rhyme and the way the poem is going it's, it goes on in their head as like yeah. an internal monologue and I think a lot of poets kind of pace around with a poem in their head and think about it a lot and then it goes on Try to, and the, get your onto hand the page. to yeah. comply with the paper yeah exactly I think it's a kind of common process among poets mm. especially people who are performance poets because you've got to think of how it sounds to somebody and you've yeah. got to grab somebody's attention definitely um how do you uh you know what sort of process do you go through when you're writing a poem just gonna say i'm sorry about the bells guys <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just have an idea i might write say one of my books it was all about family relationships so i yeah. thought of all the kind of different relationships you might have within a family from yeah. stepbrother to step sister mm-hmm. to kind of aunts to cousins to people like that and i just thought well i'm going to do something about each relative and, yeah. I, and then I thought I'd cover things like arguments within a family or if somebody yeah. dies within a family yeah. or what you do if your pet dies or mm. whatever and and then you kind of have the German idea and you just write it down as a topic and then you sit down somewhere quietly and just write a poem I mean it's not yeah. rocket science people think there's some <laughs> great magical thing about writing yeah. the fact is you've got to sit down at a chair at some point get a pen out and write just slap it down yeah. on paper and then go back to it three yeah. hours later it's not easier <laughs> yeah it's not easier for professional writers i mean children think the professional writer somehow just written a perfect poem i might write a poem 10 times before yeah. i'm happy with it or my editor is happy with it so it's like there's always a teacher figure in your life mm. so i mean i think you know it's not just children you get told to write something again. yeah it's like adults, adults get as told well to. yeah um obviously with children's poetry and I guess sometimes adults' poetry, a lot of people like to put like a message across, like you were talking about like family relationships. Is there anything in particular like you, like a sort of a surrounding message you like to put into your poetry for children, or does it change? Or I think I think it changes. I would say yeah. probably as a writer, I'm a supporter of the underdog, the child yeah. who isn't noticed, the child who hasn't got any power, the child who's going through a hard time, because that's where the drama comes from. It doesn't, you know successful cheerful high achieving children are not that interesting to write about but i think so you always have to make the child the heroine of a piece of writing or a hero of a a piece of writing because that's where the drama is and you can't you know if somebody's already a great success at school they're not very interesting to write about which is why there's so many books out there about children kind of 
fighting against odds or being an outsider. You know, all yeah. the best heroes and heroines are like that in, in literature, really. Oh, well, thank you very much for coming in today and for this. We've got some really, really nice, you know, bits and pieces from me. Um, if you were going to say, like, one thing to someone who might be thinking of going into, you know, poetry or books or any form of literature, what advice would you give them? I, the advice I would give is I think there's never been a better time for young adults books to be written Definitely. i would say yeah. it's like a golden age yeah. of, of <laughs> books for young because they were not those books when i was growing up we you know we had some very dull <laughs> books we had to read i would say the the trick about being a writer is not to stop writing i think a lot of yes. people stop writing when they get to sort of 13 14 the trick is to keep writing keep a journal and i say possibly keep a journal not online Hmm. Keep a, keep a journal in a book written. that you can yeah. written that you can hide somewhere. Yes, under your bed, and I'll find it. <laughs> yeah, and, and and just kind of keep experimenting and take a notebook with you and listen, eavesdrop to people. If you're on a bus, <laughs> if you're in a park, if you're in a restaurant, don't go on your iPad and play a game. Eavesdrop on other tables' conversations <laughs> and write down. That's brilliant. That's write down what they're fantastic. saying because that's your dialogue's going to be really believable yeah. then. That's really great. Well. As a civil thank you so much for coming in today. It's a great pleasure to have you here. For, you. Well, for Feltham, and yeah. you know, it's really nice to be able to have someone like you in here to talk to us. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. So once again, I'm going to say a massive thank you to Miss uh, Miss Lindsay McRae for coming in for us today. It's a real pleasure to be able to have her here. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this World Book Day special. Uh, I know I did. And we will see you again soon, guys. Bye.